3: Welcome to the program, it's Thursday, you know what that means, it's a date day edition and that means the prettiest girl in Texas is sitting right across the desk from me and we are here to take your phone calls and answer your questions. Ladies, this is a day we set aside especially for you, not exclusively, but especially for you, Um, If you have any questions of Paula, you need any encouragement, uh, she's uh, here to help and we would love to have your calls. We'll take other questions as well. 340-9585 is your number to call. 340-9585. You can also call us toll free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app, and we'll get the questions even more quickly. And if you are driving in your car on this cold, cold day, use the KSLR mobile app. It is also free and uh, the hands-free feature of your telephone. Just hit the call now button and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, three four zero ninety five eighty five. Hi. Hi. Welcome
4: to the show. Thank you, sir. I, I appreciate your welcome. Now take over. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, Pastor Ron? This uh, forgiveness thing that, you know, you've been, not you,
3: Heartbeat, heartbeat,
4: heartbeat, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things where it seems like every study, because, you know, how the Lord just kind of orchestrates things. It's like, if you didn't hear me the first time, let's let's go over to another book, and the same thing will come up again, you know? Well, you
3: know, that's I started the study last night by saying timing is everything. Mm. And last Sunday's um, message uh, at the end of Romans chapter 12, uh, was really a difficult study. Yeah. I, I mean, you talk about challenging the condition of love in your heart, and and uh, you know, I just know that ninety nine percent of the people left our uh, three service Sunday thinking, "Well, that's crazy. I don't even want to 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 love those who curse me. Um, I don't want to speak well of them. I, I can't do that. I mean, they're people that I just can't stand." And and that's the value of teaching verse by verse through the Bible. You know, Paula, that passage of Scripture that I taught last Sunday would never, ever have been taught had I just done topical messages mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. in churches that do, because mm-hmm. you're not going to challenge people with that. You might read 1 Corinthians 13, and that's hard enough. Mm-hmm. But, but Love
4: is patient. That first one, you're already <laughs> disqualified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know?
3: But, but it, it's just one of those things where um, you teach through the Word, and God is going to challenge you hoping that your, your your agape love, His love in us, will grow and grow and become more and more like Him, and it will define who we are mm-hmm. so that the world will see love. And We live in such a noisy, noisy world, a contrary world, that uh, the old Dionne Warwick song from mm-hmm. our childhood, mm-hmm. uh, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. But, but see, we Christians, that's what Jesus says, we Christians are supposed to supply and at the end of the study on Sunday, everybody was thinking, well wait a minute, that's impossible. Nobody can do that. And then last night's Bible study, uh, the timing was so perfect mm-hmm. because what we, we see is David doing exactly the same thing in Second Samuel chapter one. And, and I reminded the church last night, probably a half a dozen times, that David was a man who didn't have the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that we have. Mm-hmm. David was a man who didn't have that love of God poured out into his heart. Uh, as Romans 5.5 tells us, by the Holy Spirit. And yet David put into practice, at the death of Saul, he put into practice what Paul was trying to tell us at the end of Romans chapter 12. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just something that in this noisy world that we live in, I just don't think people get it. And uh, those are hard studies.
4: Those are really hard studies. And
3: before I teach them, I've got to really make sure my heart is in the right place (laughs) as well. And uh, I want to be known as a man who can be loving and kind and forgiving, eager to forgive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to be known as a man who doesn't hold grudges. And um, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to stand up and teach others those things two times in a row, Sunday (laughs) and Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Which is four studies. Which is, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, three times on Sundays.
4: Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, Yeah, the first two studies when I go is for the people on my left and then the people (laughs) on my right. And then by the time third service comes around, it's like the Lord said, no, this is for you, no. I I really do hear every one of them. No, it's all for me.
3: But if we want to be known that way, then we've got to make the choice. And David Mm -hmm. last night made the choice Mm -hmm. to... um, be the kind of man who can be described as a man after God's own heart.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I say this a lot. It's hard to come to Calvary Chapel if you're not serious about the Lord because um, not only do we get to hear what the Word is saying, Oh, that's all nice and everything, but then you just don't shut up. You say, okay, and this is how we do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, no excuse. Yeah, no, don't tell us how to do it, Pastor Ron. Come on now, because we can go out ignorant if we come in here ignorant. Oh, that's a nice, that was a nice teaching, but then you always have to do the how-to. And so you know and then that's awesome because you can stand before the Lord and say I, I, I give an account I did not fail to teach the whole council." well you
3: are know, always talking Paul about your job you have one job Take got one, me. Job, one job many tentacles but <laughs> yeah. one job well I got one job mm-hmm. and that's to present you to Jesus holy and blameless I'm going to say Jesus this is precious mm-hmm. how'd I do
2: yeah
3: and I don't want him to say you didn't tell her you didn't show her how yeah and and then I have to stand in front of this church in heaven, and and say the same thing, and then think about this: I, I've got to stand in front of the Lord with this radio audience, mm-hmm. and and most of overwhelmingly, most of the people don't come to Calvary Chapel, mm-hmm. and you know, with the the multiplied thousands of people that are listening to this program all over the country, um, uh, I'm going to be accountable for people I don't even know face to face, and Jesus is going to say, "I gave you this platform." I, I need I need to be accountable yeah. for that, so um you know being direct is sort of my thing I yeah. just try to be direct in love
4: uh, yeah yeah you you are you're trying to tell us all if
3: you do this and the, yeah, but you say you keep harping on
4: it <laughs> <laughs> I think that was your word I, oh, okay. I, but I did agree with you um uh, but you know this past sunday yeah romans twelve fourteen twenty one the the title I have in my In my book, the title of your message was Paula, because I was talking to me, be a chump for Jesus by the act of my will. Okay, so you think I'm stupid because I believe in Jesus, or you think, what a fool you are that you're going to let people just talk about you either behind your back or in your face, and you're not going to give them what for. What a chump you are, you know, or like the word says, if they ask for your cloak, give them your tunic too. Um, Yeah, I'm going to try to do that for the Lord in his power and for his glory. And if I'm going to be a chump for anybody, Jesus is the one.
3: And and you and the audience want to understand what that is, but but I, I gave an illustration starting Sunday's message about a lady who once came to me and said, you mean Jesus loves me no matter how I treat him, no matter how I talk about him? He loves me. He's, he's willing to forgive me. And, and I said, yes, that's exactly what I was saying to you. And she said to me, and this is a young woman, she said, well, oh, then Jesus is a chump. Yeah. And, and that was the way I introduced the message on, on Sunday. Um, but, but Jesus was a chump for us on the cross when he cried out, Father, forgive them, yeah. for they know not what they do. And the one thing that we Christians can choose to be good at is forgiving, not holding grudges, not repaying evil Mm
4: -hmm.
3: with evil Mm -hmm. of our own, but instead repaying evil with kindness. Mm -hmm. We can make those choices. Um, All we have to do is is want to, and that means we have to want to please God more than we want to please our flesh. And uh, I understand how difficult that is because um, it feels so satisfying to the flesh Mm -hmm. when we strike back. But but it only lasts for a minute. Mm -hmm. And I hope I can say this with with integrity, Paula. You're a better judge than I am. But um, I, I, in in all of our years here, um, and every pastor is under attack, every pastor has uh, people that come in that are plants of the enemy, every pastor has uh, people watching every move, Uh, I don't think one time... In our almost 23 years here, 22 and a half years here, I don't think one time I've ever defended myself. I've just sort of chosen to let the Lord defend me, and um, He's done a pretty good job of it.
4: I'm thinking, I know it's, I don't want any dead air time, but yeah, I'm thinking, you've been great at that. (laughs) I've been prayerful. (laughs) Just leave it like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But I've learned, you know, as soon as you say, oh, but, then you're already, like, embroiled and just let it go. Lord, you work that out. So, yeah, I think you're right. I can't remember. Nope.
3: I think that's the way Christians are supposed to live their lives. Sort of tucking in behind Jesus, letting him fend off the attacks and, and letting him deal with it. And yet we spend so much time... Protecting ourselves, defending ourselves, justifying ourselves—when mm. we have a problem forgiving somebody, we justify. Well, if he hadn't done this, or if she hadn't have said yeah. this, yeah. Uh, we we try to justify our anger and our unforgiveness. Mm. And one of the, the the diseases I see in the in the New Testament church, especially in the West, where we uh, are privileged to be a part, um, is is a church that is lacking love. Yeah. Uh, because we're more focused on us, how we feel, what's been done to us that we think is unfair mm-hmm. instead of focusing on what's been done for us. And in David's case, as he eulogized Saul, Saul who tried to kill him and sent him on a 10 plus year uh, trip, hiding in caves, running for his life. Mm-hmm. Um, David chose to remember the good Saul did for Israel rather than the bad Saul did to him.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's, see, that's one of those (laughs) (laughs) how-tos that we talked about last night. And um, we all can because, you know, again, the Lord doesn't ask his kids to do anything that he hasn't already done. And um, though it seems impossible, and it is in our flesh, it's so possible with the Lord. And I've had a few opportunities. We all have been given opportunities to forgive and then when we choose to do it and that's what it was you know that being a chump is an act of our will but when we choose to forgive someone it doesn't mean that the thoughts don't come back it doesn't mean that what they did really was okay and I'm learning that that doesn't mean that they're going to be my best friends um maybe maybe never um but I can be unburdened by saying You know, I really forgive them. And like you, you are so faithful to do. You pray for those maybe even more fervently who have hurt you than those who haven't um, because Jesus died for them as well. That's another one of those how-to's.
3: <laughs> but, but, you know, Paul, I, th- I think what we want to do is we want to be used by the Lord. We ask all of us who are real believers, we ask him all the time, okay, Lord, use me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And he wants to, but he can't sometimes because of all this gunk that's mm-hmm. in our hearts mm-hmm. and in our minds. Yeah. So what I've decided is that I want to be a man who God can bring back those who have hurt me too. I want to be the man who when they come to me and say, Pastor Ron, will you forgive me? I'll just make him stop right there. Done.
4: Yeah. Oh, I'm, I think I'll be really yeah. good like that. It's the ones that still come back and um, with their hands crossed, kind of looking for another opportunity.
3: Yeah, but those are the ones who are a future opportunity to, to, to forgive and be like Jesus. And so we've, we've got to take it from that perspective. Again, I know this doesn't satisfy our flesh at all. But it's something that if we're going to enjoy the power of God's spirit, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got to be like the disciples where, Lord, increase our faith. Keep forgiving. Seven times 70, Peter. Um, Well, well, why can't we as Christians in the 21st century say, Jesus, increase my faith. Mm -hmm. This love is in our heart. We've got the Mm -hmm. power that raised Christ from the dead. Mm -hmm. And yet sometimes we think that power is insufficient for our own flesh. And what we've got to realize is that, until we are eager forgivers, we'll never be free. Mm-hmm. And since Jesus already said it's free, Galatians 5.1 says it's for freedom we've been set free. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the value of being free if we don't take advantage of it? It's like we're, we're still running around in, in the, with ball and chains, dragging through and wondering why there's no fruit in our lives. Mm-hmm. We've got to be good at this thing called loving. And we're just not really good at it, probably because our focus is too much on us mm-hmm. and not enough on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this is something that every Christian ought to strive for. May, maybe if you're having trouble forgiving someone, maybe if it's, if it's uh, um, the Holy Spirit saying to you, it's time for you to let go of some of those things, we can talk about it. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. 340-9585. Let's go to Alyssa holding on line one. Alyssa, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
5: Hey, Pastor Ron. Hey, Paula. Hi. I love you guys. Thank you so much for the work that you do. Um, Thank you. I, I was <laughs> calling because, um, I wanted your advice specifically, uh, Paula, if you, if you have any, and, uh, you too, of course, Pastor Ron, but there's a, a couple that are not believers that my husband and I were introduced to, and, they found out they were having a baby and so they were um, considering adoption. And so we talked to them through, I have a little bit of experience um, being a mentor to teen moms. And so just kind of talking through that and primarily just wanting to share with them, you know, the love of Jesus as they make this really big decision. And um, so I was able to have a meal with her and then um, her name is Haley. And so they have now since decided um, but they want to to keep the baby and she has asked me to you know meet her um, boyfriend and so my husband and I are going to meet with them but um, we just you know there are so many things and primarily we just want to we just want them to know Jesus uh, we have three boys four, one on the way of our own and we know how hard parenting is and can't imagine doing it Um you know, without knowing the Lord, but just are really kind of at um, a loss for, you know, we want them to know Jesus. We also want to be equipped to give them kind of practical um, advice as they're pursuing this decision as well. So anything that you guys have um, to, to say for us, please be praying for us. Again, their names are Haley and Angel, and we're going to be talking to them and just trying to love on them as they go through this big, huge life um, event
3: thank you I appreciate it and thank you for your heart for 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 doing this kind of work uh, it's It's difficult, and I know your heart gets broken um, but uh, first things first, they decide to keep the baby that's a good thing mm-hmm. uh The next important thing is is Jesus so paula do not you start
4: yeah um, you know they are on a very very difficult road <coughs> um having the baby yes, but uh did you say that they're married? Or just unbelievable they are
5: not. What, yeah, they're, are they're not. Yeah, they're not married. Okay.
4: okay. Well I know in Hebrews thirteen four it says that marriage is honorable among all. Um and we had this mm-hmm. actually happen in our our own family. Uh both of our boys uh were wanting to live with their girlfriends and we were like, Well, you know, the lord can at least honor your marriage even though you're unbelievers Mm. but at least start the marriage outright that's the only fair thing for your child um be be committed be committed they should first be committed to god but they're not believers yet so praise the lord they're they're committed to hopefully each other in a weird sort of way but that they're still going to have this baby that's great but they need to be in the lord and they do need to be married that's the most Fair thing for this child, um, some real commitment, um, okay. and then God can then God can honor that that they are willing to sit down with you, uh, really is encouraging because um, everybody it really. totally blew know. me
5: away. I was like, every, I know this every, is the work of the Lord.
4: <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. And there's something about a child that's coming that kind of turns people's heads to. I'm responsible for another human being, and without the Holy Spirit to lead and guide them, they definitely will fail, um, each other and this child. And so really impress upon them how um, grateful you are that they are wanting to sit down. They they see something in your marriage and the way you raise your children that they want, and you got to really um, be sure to let them know that it's Jesus and only Jesus who has and is doing this great work in you guys.
3: Yeah. Uh, Alyssa, let me add a couple of things. One, I, I so appreciate that you said you're, you and your husband are just going to love on them, but loving on them has to include Jesus. And and because you said you know this has to be from the Lord, this opportunity, it's unbelievable. Um, you, you have to trust that God has prepared their heart. And and the way you do that is simply to tell them, you know, kids these days are are raised in and as crazy as it sounds to us who are believers, a lot of these kids have never been told, not even by parents, that having sex when they're not married is wrong. Uh, one of the pastors that we've sent out to pass uh, to to plant churches here from Calvary Chapel when. Uh, he met his wife. She had a child and when she was coming to faith in Jesus Christ, she said after a message I did uh, th- that I said very clearly having sex and not being married is, is a sin. She said, it's wrong. How can it be a sin? I've never heard that in my whole life. So wow. w- what you need to do is tell these people how Jesus will make their relationship richer, how Jesus will mm-hmm. will will start by cleansing their sin and giving them a good foundation to build from, Mm -hmm. a foundation that by choosing to have sex and become a parent, it's a foundation that they owe their child. And uh, this is an opportunity, Alyssa, that's ripe for witnessing, again, not pounding, but just letting them know that there is a God who loves them, who's eager to forgive their sins, and um, uh, you're giving them a whole new perspective. And then the blessing here is, and I've I've had the opportunity to do this a thousand times over our years here, is tell somebody who comes to me, they're pregnant, out of marriage, and and they will come to me and they know they've done wrong, Uh, I can let them know that God wants to turn this baby into the greatest blessing in their entire life. There's no illegitimate children. And so uh, what we want to do is let them know they're accountable to provide this child a foundation, a mom and a dad who loves each other, a mom and a dad who mm-hmm. loves Jesus and a mom and a dad who that baby will know that love every day that he or she is alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, if 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 there's any help that you need, um, please don't hesitate to call again or email us at Calvary dot com. And we will be sure to uh, to to be available for anything you need. Thank you so much for your heart to serve and we'll be praying for you. Please let us know how it turns
5: out. Thank you. I
3: will. Thank you. And God bless you both.
5: You too. Thank you. I
4: am very excited for your meeting.
3: Yeah, I'm excited because if Jesus is arranging the pieces, Mm -hmm. it's because he wants people to be saved. Mm -hmm. So that's a great, great thing. Well, you know, uh, I I shocked myself there when I said people don't know that sex is wrong because instinctively we all know it. But our hearts get so hard to it. Mm -hmm. And in a home where Jesus isn't the, 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 the captain of the ship, then we kind of end up doing what we want and justifying it to a point where we actually will believe it. These are the kind of things that we really and truly uh, need to communicate to our children. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Paula, for for the whole audience, we're inside a couple of minutes now for this half of the program. Um, um, That's the kind of ministry that is available every day to all of us. Every day. If you'll talk to people, you, you'll find that, that God will have prepared these divine appointments. And when he prepares these divine appointments, um, it's one of the things that that um, we can understand how wonderful it is to be used by the Lord to lead somebody else to Christ. We've had a whole bunch of situations where we've helped arrange adoptions and, and things like that. But this baby who's going to be born needs a mom and dad who love Jesus more than anything else.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And, and and just being committed to each other. That um, uncertainty, you know, when you're living together, having children together, and there's not a real commitment to a marriage, you know, it's not just a piece of paper, you know, or people say that it's just a piece of paper. Well, it's way more than that. Yeah,
3: And, and I always tell women that if... He tells you that, oh, it's just a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the way he's going to treat it after you're married. That's So true. That, that's a, a, a sign to get up and run. Yeah. You know, I, I will never understand. Um, I, when I was a predator male, young male, and, and trying to convince you to move in with me, mm-hmm. um, I, I understood it was my flesh. I'll never understand why any woman on this planet would move in with somebody or sleep with somebody who isn't committed to them. I, I just don't understand it. It it, can't, it has to be more than sex. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand it because they're setting themselves up for colossal pain mm-hmm. and it just never stops.
4: Yeah, I think it's a desperation of, uh, my biological clock is ticking and somebody needs to leave me and or we're trying to escape from those homes that we were raised in and you know it's somebody looks at us nice or, or says, I, you know, I love you a little bit. And we're like, okay, that's enough. And so I give you my prized possession, which is my body. And we think that's going to obligate um, you guys to love us.
3: Are women that desperate for love?
4: Yeah. They, a you, lot of they them don't, are.
3: They don't understand. That's what really he said. Yeah, its Three four zero 340-9585. We've got 30 minutes left in the date-, date edition of the program. 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to the second half of the d, the date day the d the date, day edition <laughs> of the program. Uh, I'm live in studio with my wife Paula three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls three four zero ninety five eighty five Paula. You want to keep talking about that or what's next? It's your show.
4: You know it is. So, yeah, In the night, I was writing, and of course, my topic. I think I might bring this up every time where the Lord said, "Be patient with me." <laughs> not be patient with me but be patient with me and so this forgiving thing is is one that not only takes patience because you did say it's an acquired skill mm-hmm. so um, I'm going to be patient with myself and I've been amazed with the power of the Holy Spirit you know because he is the one who is at work to willing to do I, I can quench that's the word right? quench the work but I don't want to because you know we pray Lord make me like you make me like you Um, I'd be a servant uh, because you were one too. And he says, okay, good. So forgive that one. Yes, sir. Because you say so. Um, But yeah. So anyway, as I'm writing in the night, that be patient with me. One of my things I wrote down was, be content with what you have. He will never leave you or forsake you. But being content. And you know what? Um, That's an acquired thing as well. And I really do believe I'm, I'm content, babe. The Lord has provided me with all that I need. Um,
3: I was content until this weather hit.
4: (laughs) Well. (laughs) 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 No, no said. Be content with what you have because he will never leave you or forsake you. In the cold, babe, we don't have mosquitoes. So find something good. In everything. The Lord says, Praise Him. Be thankful at all times.
3: It says in everything give thanks. There you go. It doesn't say for everything give thanks.
4: Well, you're not even in thanks being obedient here.
3: Don't you think you're judging
4: me? (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) Yeah, but be content with what you have. Um, You know, because it's a new year, and I know... Some some people, be, mostly those who aren't saved. We're going to get a bigger house, a better car, you know. We'll make to make, we're make more money. We're going to make more money. I'm going to th- work two and three jobs so we can have all the stuff we want. Um, but be content with what you have. And I, I'm really mainly talking to women because if you do have a husband who is working, but he's not getting paid to supply to you know, maybe all of the wants you have, um, just be thankful. I remember when the Lord told me, Paula, you need to be way more thankful with less stuff. We just we just drove by a place where people pay money to store their stuff because they <laughs> can't put their car in the garage. It's so full. And then they have to pay money to put their stuff in. Be content with what you have. Um, if you have a home and... You have heating in it, you <laughs> ought to be jumping up for joy. You know, watching the news, I saw a lady that this one place is taking people in, and she said, I would have survived, but I would have been miserable. We are more than surviving, and we should be most grateful. Again, if you have a husband who is working, and he's, he's taking care of you, be grateful. You don't have to have the big house on the hill and the finest china and, you know, the latest shoes and stuff. Just be thankful he's there and he's taking care of you. Um, if you have food, eating once a day is better than a whole lot of this world. Be thankful. Um, so be content with what you have.
3: Paula, I don't you spend a couple of minutes and, and sort of share... Uh, our story, what we learned uh, in that period of time when when, because of my sin, uh, we were homeless only weeks before we were wealthy mm-hmm. and living in custom homes and, uh, and and then I blew it all mm-hmm. and we find ourselves living in a garage. Whyn't you share that a little bit?
4: yeah, you know living in a garage with you with our dog, fleas, roaches, ticks, and Jesus was okay um, we had everything we needed still we had a place to to sleep we it was warm because we had a little space heater it was cool when we needed it to be um, you know having the heavenly perspective instead of you know we had the big house on the hill the the lady would come in uh twice a month to clean and do all that stuff and um You know, if I needed gas, I just would come to the car dealership and they would fill it up. If I had a flat tire or anything happened while I was out, somebody would come um, and trade cars with me. And then take my car and get it fixed up and then bring it back to my house. Um, Just kind of on the spoiled brat kind of thing. And then so to lose, you know, glazed Italian tile in the house. and. That lady no longer could come because once you, you know, you lose all your money and stuff. <laughs> They're like, see, you wouldn't want to beat you. Uh, but to go from having everything to having nothing, living in somebody else's garage even. Um,
3: yeah, and, and we, we did this when our, our sons were still in high school. We had a senior in high school and a sophomore in high school, mm-hmm. uh, our two boys at the time, uh, and it was embarrassing. Uh, humiliating for us, probably even more so for them. Um, But we learned uh, some really important lessons. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. Um, Maybe at the very beginning, I kind of felt bad for the kids. But the Lord had already told me before, because you had made money, you're God, um, and that he told me, Paula, you got to be ready because he's going to lose everything, he's going to be poor, which means you're going to be poor, Paula, and my grace is going to be sufficient for you. You're going to be okay. Okay, Lord. Um, And so that that was one of the best times for me personally, having lost everything and not being one of those who said to God, why did you do this to me? Or how could you? I never I never even got there. Um, and I was so thrilled with Jesus because he kept whispering in my ear, You can do this. I'm right here with you. And you were saved once we got to that garage. Was it worth it? Amen. It was like being pregnant and you're you're having the baby and you're in those labor pains. You don't like it, but you know what's coming. Yeah. And once you hold that baby, all that pain was so well yeah. worth it. I'm,
3: I'm glad you said that. I, I was saved when we got to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we would think, well, why didn't God do this um, when, when I was an unbeliever? Why didn't he he, he bring me to that place of desperation? Uh, he, he didn't for a couple of reasons. One, he's patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't delight him to, to watch me squander everything. But at the same time... Um, um, there was a lot I had to learn about me, and pride had to be dealt with. And i got to tell you, it's hard to be proud. Uh, it's hard to think very much of yourself when you leave uh, work. Our, our son, our our 18-year-old, had a part-time job at a gym. He bought us a gym membership, so we had a place to shower. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's hard to be proud of mm-hmm. yourself or to think highly of yourself if that's the condition. So we'd leave, we'd go to a gym, we'd get showered. Uh, and then we we I'd go to work I'd come back home to a garage mm-hmm. uh my sons would be there often um they, they were they were staying in the house but uh often they'd bring their friends by they never stopped bringing their friends
2: over
4: yeah and you got to remember too this the family who took let us live with them they didn't have a fancy house these were not rich people they were very um what? Middle class?
3: Less than that. they Less were than Very, that. very, very modest in Ontario, California. Yeah. But it was just one of those things where we learned in the worst possible circumstance that Jesus was enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only did he prepare us for the work that we're doing now, but it was in that time where you and I learned to fall in love with each other with nothing but Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's where our marriage really began, to 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 be one flesh.
4: Mm-hmm. And you said that last night. You said to the men, "Men, your wives are supposed to be your best friends, where you can share your heart with her, and she her heart with you." Yeah.
3: Let's take a phone call. Maybe we'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, we've got Michelle calling from San Antonio on line one. Michelle, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
2: Hello. Um, I have a question, and I wasn't going to call, but I think it might help some other people who are going through some wacky situation like I'm going through. Um, first of all, I've been born again since uh, last January, and it's okay, been congratulations. great, but it's been challenging. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it would be really smooth, but it hasn't. I've been <laughs> attacked as far as my mind by the enemy. And I know that because people have, I've consulted with very good people from my church and other people that are spiritual. And they told me, this is just the enemy. You need to ignore those. You need to fight it with the scripture, which I have been doing. But lately, I've got about two months. I've been doing great, and I hadn't had any weird thoughts. But then the enemy brought back something that he had been getting about as far as unforgiveness. Um, of myself. I wasn't forgiving myself for something, and finally I forgave myself a couple months ago, but he brought it back up again, and then he brought back a crazy aspect of something of that situation. I don't want to really get into the details because I don't want people to think I'm (laughs) cuckoo, but (laughs) it is now telling me that he owns a part of me because I was mad at God before I became born again because I didn't like a certain part of myself. Uh, And I, I don't I don't know how to get this out of my head now. It's constantly in my head now and I'm think and I keep casting it out saying, No, you don't want me. I'm born again, I'm a child of God but I just wanna know your thoughts on that.
3: Okay, we can do that. Thank you very much, Michelle. You wanna start?
4: Well, Pastor Ron's gonna tell you, I know this. He's gonna say, Michelle, don't talk to the devil <laughs> <laughs> You know me too yeah. well. He's gonna tell you don't talk to the devil and, and you know, we really can't cast out um his the devil's attacks and those those words that he brings uh, but i was i'm like you in a, in a way i was worse um i would just i hate myself you know i can't believe i did that you know uh and yet before we were christians uh those bad things that we did were just our normal behavior. We're selfish, we're ugly, we're wow, we just do whatever everybody else does, only we want to do it even better or worse in our case. Um, but then when we get saved, yeah, we know more about our old flesh life than we do about um, Jesus is. Um, holiness and, and his power. Uh, but, yeah, you just hang out with Jesus. Pastor was going to tell you this, too. Just be with Jesus <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and talk with him. And, and, you know, as you grow in your knowledge of God and his heart, um, you're going to find that, You're the perfect candidate. You are precious and valuable. There's no flaw in you, and you won't be spending too much time with the enemy. But Pastor Ron, I'm just cracking up because you're so cute, Michelle. Congratulations (laughs) for being saved.
3: God bless you, and we're we're thrilled that you're part of the family. Mm -hmm. Um, I just had this conversation with uh, uh, one of the ladies in our church. I won't say who it is because the project is still not public, but, but there's a movie being made of her life. And um, she's having to relive all the old junk. Mm-hmm, it's so hard. She gets mad at everybody, you know, when, when when they're going through this, when they're going through script things. And um, um, uh, what I told her is what I'm going to tell you, Michelle. You're not that person. Wear mm-hmm. the old things you did as a trophy to the love of God. Wear those old sins as a trophy for the love of God. I used to be. You know, when Paul is writing to the churches in Thessalonica. Uh, He describes his whole list of awful, awful sins, and then he says this, and such were some of you, Mm -hmm. but you have Mm -hmm. been born again, justified, and and that means just as if you'd never sinned, so uh, the the counsel here is really important to take, to put it into action. The devil uh, is angry because he lost you, Um, he is going to lie to you, he's going to huff and puff and threaten to blow your spiritual house down, but... If anyone is in Christ, let me put this in a very personal way, Michelle, if Mm -hmm. Michelle is in Christ, she is a new creation. Mm -hmm. The old is gone and the new has come. And while the devil is powerful and while he is brilliant, he's no match for Jesus. And what he does, the only thing he does is he keeps doing the same old things. Um, he keep pushing the old buttons, the things that used to work. He's going to try to make them work again. So you've got to just sort of um, shut him completely out of the equation. And when you have those thoughts, Michelle, understand that they come from an outside source. Mm-hmm. Don't spend, Paul had predicted I was going to say this, don't spend one second talking to the devil. When those thoughts come in, just look to Jesus and say, Jesus, you know that's not true. Mm-hmm. And such were some of you, such Mm -hmm. was I, Mm -hmm. but I'm not her anymore. I'm a new creation born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. So let Jesus handle the lies of the enemy. You simply take those thoughts captive, making them obedient to the Lord, and in the process... Um, The enemy will get frustrated. He'll try other stuff. He'll come up with some new stuff occasionally. But remember, if you're not talking to the enemy, that means you can spend that time and effort talking to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he's going to look at you and say, Michelle, how beautiful you are, my darling. Mm -hmm. There's no flaw in Mm -hmm. you. Now, one other thing I want to comment on, and this is for the benefit, Michelle, of of everybody listening in the audience, Michelle said something as she described, uh, the situation she was in um, that, that, that I think is, is typical of, of most new believers. Uh, the Gospel is so watered down. Um, we have been taught that if we give our hearts to Jesus, it's sort of the opposite of country music. If we give our hearts to Jesus, <laughs> everything is gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be smooth, not gonna have any problems. I'm with Jesus now, all my problems are gonna go away. Mm-hmm. It's just the opposite. You created a new problem to all your old problems. I was just talking with Paula Michelle about being homeless after I was saved. The consequences of my sin caught up with me. And um, I too was told at the church that I was attending when I first got saved. I was told that God wanted me, wanted me to be rich. He wanted me to be healthy. He wanted me to, to, to just speak to the problems in my life and bind them and those kind of Mm -hmm. nonsensical Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Um, when in fact, God was using all of those issues to transform me. He was using those issues to deal with my pride. He was using those consequences to deal with my misperceptions. So, um... If if anybody out there thinks, I I had a guy, his wife left him, he said he got saved, made an invitation, he goes, Well, so now is my wife going to come back to me? I said, Probably not. You cheated on her. Why would she come back to you? Well, I gave my heart to Jesus. I said, Is that why you did it? He said, Yes. I said, Well, you still need to get saved. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not going to, everything's not going to go smoothly just because we accepted Jesus. In fact, we're adding one dimension that we didn't have before, and that's the spiritual dimension. Of, of now, an enemy who 's angry with us, yeah. so Michelle, hang in there, just tune those thoughts out mm-hmm. instead of uh, dealing with them over and over again don 't chew on them, just spit them out, yeah. say Jesus, you know what 's true about me, you say i 'm beautiful, and I choose to believe it mm-hmm. and i think I think Michelle, the enemy will get uh, frustrated with you and um He'll try something new.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, I think about uh David with Bathsheba and, you know, having Uriah killed and then they lose the baby and stuff. And, you know, David, though he's a man after God's own heart, he didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him. But he, her face, Bathsheba's face and or the death of that baby, that birthday that would come around every year where he says, David does, my sin is ever before my eyes. You know, so he had to deal with that on a regular basis. And yet being a man after God's own heart, just like you're saying, that's not who I am any longer. He learned the lesson and he's not he stopped practicing uh killing other men's i mean other uh yeah women's husbands for himself. He was a battler, a warrior, but um that was not him and then Paul you know used to kill Christians and now God had to take him down a couple of notches and and allow him that thorn in the flesh to keep him humble. Um,
3: A couple of thousand notches.
4: Yeah. Uh, But you know what? We can sing that song. I'm forgiven because, Lord Jesus, you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. And so you just have to all the time, you know, that's not who I am any longer. That thing that I did that you're still kind of ashamed of, Michelle, or anybody else for that matter, that thing that you did that you're kind of ashamed of uh, either before you were a Christian or even as a baby Christian. I mean, Pastor Ron lied for the first year that he was a Christian. We all do stupid stuff because we don't know. We don't know the Lord well enough. We don't know that um, walking in holiness and, and giving mercy to ourselves Sometimes we're the hardest on ourself. Um, but who are you to not forgive yourself when Jesus died on the cross to forgive you? Yeah, you
3: know, I'll even say one other thing. It's not for us to forgive ourselves. We have no authority, no power to forgive ourselves. Okay. What we do is accept Accepted, the forgiveness that's yes. already been given. Mm-hmm. Um, we have that by faith, and we have it on the basis of his word, the promise that he's made to us. And so we deal with the fact that the old me is dead, Mm -hmm. a new me lives, Mm -hmm. and this new me is devoted to Jesus Christ and Michelle. It's all over your voice. Um, You love the Lord. Mm -hmm. So just sort of hang in there um, and don't deal with your past because it's already been dealt with. Every minute you're thinking about something that you did in your past is a minute wasted because you're not thinking about what Jesus wants to do with your presence. Mm-hmm. So um, just, just understand that. Please, you said you're in a good church. That's great. Uh, it needs to be a Bible-teaching church, um, uh, not a preaching church or a topical church, but a Bible-teaching church. Um, stay around, mature believers. Make sure that you're checking out everything they say to you. Um, uh, stay in the Word, just like you said you were. And the enemy can huff and puff and threaten, but that's all he can do. He is impotent to, to do any damage. Michelle, great, great call. Thank you very, very much. Again, we're grateful mm-hmm. that you've given your heart to Jesus.
4: You're my sister that I don't know. I I didn't know I had yet. So congratulations. <laughs> and I'm I'm excited. I would love to be able to meet you. So if you ever get around to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, please be sure to come and introduce yourself. Thank you.
3: We're inside Five minutes a little over four minutes now left for this half of the program paula would you would you sort of elaborate on on what you said husbands and wives being best friends we don't have time to develop it but but I'd like to end the show with that
4: yes um, you know last uh, not what you were talking about is so many of the guys you know they have their their buddies either their drinking buddies or fishing buddies or golfing pals or whatever and 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 they can sometimes instead of you know honoring their wives they you know, do all the complaining about their wives to to their friends and or those things that are on their hearts heavy, they'll share with the guys and the wives are kinda of left out in the cold. You know, I wonder wonder what my husband's thinking about. I wonder what he's going through and or, you know, when the guys come home from work because this is how it used to be at our house a long time ago. You just would come home, you know, after a hard day at work and just sit in front of the T V and just turn it up and you wouldn't hear what the kids or I had to say. That's not right.
3: Yeah, it made so much sense to me back then, <laughs> but but I just thought I'd, I earned that. I, I made a lot of money, I bought a lot of stuff, and uh, you should give me my time and my space. But but you know, it's funny, because women are famous for asking their husbands, what are you thinking? <laughs> what are you thinking right now? And, and most of the time, ladies, we're not thinking about anything. We're really not.
4: <laughs> You're trying not to think, huh?
3: But, but here's the problem. Let one of our friends ask us what we're thinking, what's going on, mm-hmm. and we're just we'll just open up. Yeah. Um, a, a husband and a wife need to be best friends. We're one flesh. We're we're equally. We're walking after Jesus. Now, obviously, I'm talking about Christian homes. It's not possible in our flesh to do this, nor do we even want to. Uh, nor is it possible to have a best friend who doesn't love your Jesus. Mm-hmm. But but for, in Christian homes, it is an affront to God when. We have people that we will share with. We'll barricade ourselves in a room and, 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 and get in chat groups with uh, or spend time texting and hiding our phones and things because, well, he listens to me, or, well, she gets me. or um, well, Husbands and wives in Christ need to be best friends. It doesn't mean you don't have other great friends, but I told the church last night that Paul is the only one who has always and only one of the best for me. That earns her best friend status. Um, it means I need to be more patient with her than I do my other friends. It, needs to be that I, I, it means I need to be more understanding with her than, than I do with my other friends. And yet, often our spouses are the ones that we are the least understanding uh, towards, the least patient with. And if you understand that she or he is your friend, not just your friend, your best friend, that really changes the dynamic completely. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll, we'll, we'll explore that a little bit next Thursday on the program. Okay. But it's your show, so
4: you decide. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea. Because you're in charge of Thursdays. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me, like Sam said Sunday, yeah, he said to something about Dawn, and then he said, thank you, honey, for letting me say that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Paula, we're, in, we're inside about 30 seconds now.
4: Okay. So if you really want to know how to be a gracious forgiver, Go to um, CalvarySA.com and listen to last night's message. There are seven how-tos, and you want to do that.
3: It'll make a huge difference in your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you for tuning in. It's a delight to be here with you every day. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Lord willing. See you then.
4: God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh.